Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast. Living large in New York. I am Rabbit Number One, Michael Nunez. Rabbit Number Two with me, Dave Anderson. And Rabbit Number Three, Sophie Kreutz. Rabbit Number Four, Raymond Lamb. And today we're talking about hey, have you realized it's 2022? Let's talk about anti goals. We're going to talk about some anti-goals today. First, though, I imagine we've all had goals in 2020, and we all know how that went. And it's 2022, and we may need to find a different pattern for us to, you know, better set ourselves up for this new year. Yeah, we got to shift our goal making a little bit for this new day and age, don't we? Yeah, yeah. We've we've talked about resolutions occasionally. In the past, some past episodes, we talked about like resolutions and how to keep them with smart goals in episode number 45. So like that's like structuring your goals, making very specific statements that will like carry you to following through, hopefully, on your goal. We also talked about like ways to keep yourself motivated in 133 and structure and clarity as like a, a thing that leads to team success. Mm-hmm. In one of the Aristotle episodes that y'all did in 223. So I think goals like are kind of like tangential. It's like you can't have this idea without thinking about those other ideas too. Right. So it's like a combination of create. So what is needed for an anti-goal? I think I was when we were looking up some talks and articles on this. It sounded like you still needed to do some kind of goal setting or like there was like an idea that you wanted to follow and then you found the inverse of that. So with anti-goals, it's kind of hard to consider them in a vacuum. Like we've talked about goal setting and uh, motivation in past episodes. So in way back in episode number 45, we talked about like resolutions and how to keep them with smart goals, setting like really specific descriptive statements that help you follow through on like actually measuring and achieving your goals. And in 133, we talked about motivation, like the continuing, like kind of keeping the engine going and getting yourself across the line. And we also talked very recently, uh, you guys talked about structure and clarity related to the Aristotle project in 223. So that's all the tattoos that I'm seeing, I think there's some more because I feel like this always comes up. But anti goals is just like another tool in that toolkit. Yeah. Do we have any examples of what an anti goal might be? I think I saw in the article one of the articles that I was reading to kind of further understand what is an anti goal, and I think it was the person was identifying. What is the worst possible day look like to them? <laughs> right. <laughs> Which yeah. I thought was interesting. It's just like, oh, uh, and I'll read some off the list. Full of long meetings, a packed calendar, dealing with people we don't like or trust, and then being able to work backwards from there is what the article says. Right. It's like, and, and it's like they maybe are not able to articulate what a wonderful day looks like, but they definitely know what a bad day looks like. Yeah. Number one, never schedule an in-person meeting when it can otherwise be accomplished via email or phone or not at all. 
right? Like, I guess the idea of like always checking that assessment to ensure that those anti-goals are set and then you kind of work off of that, which is really very, very interesting. I mean, I don't, I try to look at having a good day, but rarely do I ever look at what it takes to make it a bad day, which I thought this article did a good job doing that. Yeah. Yeah. There's this interesting philosophy that I found in relation to this idea. Apparently, Warren Buffett had a business partner named Charlie Munger, and he was known to say, tell me where I'm going to die, so I'll never go there. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The idea being, right, this is like, how you form anti-goals. I don't want to die. Therefore, I will not go to the place where supposedly I will die, right? Like I don't want to be in a lot of meetings. Therefore, blank. Like how do I avoid being in a lot yeah. of meetings? Yeah, if, you, if yeah. you tell me I will die in a meeting, then I will never attend another <laughs> meeting in my life. <laughs> oh, st- well, statistically, you see. <laughs> no, <just> <laughs> right, that's true. Yeah, if, you're, if you're in too many meetings, then maybe you will die in a meeting. Wow, brutal. Yeah, and I, I liked this extension of that, like this kind of going back to the root of, you know, modern thinking uh, with like Stoic philosophy. There's this idea of the premeditation of evils, like thinking about the worst case scenarios, which is like, we also talked about that as well. Uh, we talked about the premortem, right? The premortem. Yeah, exactly. Like think about the ways that you're going to die so that you don't right. die. <laughs> right. Like let's assume death will occur. How might it occur? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you could think about the ways that meetings might happen or like the ways that like those people might get onto your calendar that you actually won't get anything, any benefit from talking to. So like, how do you, how do you articulate that and set a goal that is specific that avoids it? Right. And like, yeah, to get a little bit more like specific about, you know, writing code, I guess, like if you have an anti-goal of never write any tests, right? Like that could be a way that you end up in a scenario where you're always seeing bugs. Things are always breaking in production, right? So then it's about thinking about, I guess, the next step being, how do I avoid that, right? So if my anti-goal is never write tests, does that mean I should then set like a pro goal? Yeah. Of writing tests? I mean, I guess I guess you can satisfy that goal so easily, though. So that there's an interesting idea with smart goals about like having it be measurable and attainable. But I, th- I guess like with, with anti-goals or even with smart goals, like you can set a goal that is like so easy that like you will just check the box instantly, which I think I think I, I've definitely done this before in my in my goal setting where it's like, you know, I'm just going to show up like <laughs> that's, that's my goal. Like I'm just going to walk in the door and that is the first step. But then like after you after you beat your anti-goal of not writing a test then like what are the further constraints on the tests that you will choose to write or not write? Yeah. I also had an idea of, you know, comparing how anti-goals are similar to how we are doing test-driven development, where the happy path is our goal and our edge cases are the anti-goals, but we still have to handle those edge cases in some form or fashion. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And like, 
the combination of those gives you a more clear direction. Where it's like, oh, this function is going to do this. So your test is like, when calling this function, it does not do A and B and C and D. And then you can see that it does E, for example, which is really, really interesting. So I should write anti-goals in the form of tests with an it block and a fat arrow function at the end of it to ensure that uh, I follow that path. Because it's kind of like, it's still a little cloudy for me. Because like, if my anti-goal is, I don't want to be a crappy manager. Right. Like that could be that that could be many ways to not be a crappy one. <laughs> uh, yeah, how do you, yeah. how you, do just, you quit. just quit. Yeah, <laughs> just don't be a manager, Mike, if you feel go, like, go onto a mountain, don't talk to people. <laughs> but like, yeah, because like there's so many ways to do sometimes to negate something, right? Like, do you have to constantly update anti goals because they can be really slippery and the thing that you want? to do at the end of the day or do you have to have those anti-goals only work when you have specific goals because you can come up with specific anti-goals or vice versa i i feel like going back to sophie's like i like my anti-goal of like having code without tests you can be more specific about that too where you could have an anti-goal of like i don't want to have a test that isn't understandable like isn't isn't clear in what it's testing or you know, it doesn't lead people. Yeah, right. Or maybe just I don't want to be missing testing this piece of functionality or something like that. Like I want to make sure I'm always testing these API calls or I'm always testing like the result of all the functions in this file or I'm always set, you know, however your testing philosophy plays out exactly. Thinking about yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like an anti-goal that I very specifically have sometimes with testing is like, I don't want to make a bad assumption about this thing that I'm mocking out, like the behavior of how it is or like the response shape that it has. Because like, then then you code that into your test and then it leads people to And then you write it that way. Yeah, and people assume that that's the truth and then it isn't. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if this also relates to um, my favorite thing, red-green refactor, because the red is almost like the anti-goal, right? Like you write the test, and then it's not working. It's failing. And then you fix it, and you've accomplished your goal. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of a, like a, a, it's a signal. It's a signal that's like, oh, like we're, we got to go away from this. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is a failure we don't want. Yeah, I, w- I was thinking about um, the Agile Manifesto the other day. And, like, there are some kind of, like, anti-goals or anti-values built into this, too. Where, like, there's certain, like, behaviors that they prefer over other behaviors. So, it's, like, people over process. So, like, there's, like, an implied anti-goal there where, like, the anti-goal is the outcome that process becomes more important than the interactions that we have with our coworkers, and you know we are like just slavishly following this this machine that we've built for ourselves so it's like very succinct and like kind of more of more like a value than a goal but you could definitely think about your your values like the kind of traits and attributes that you want to exemplify or not exemplify and then derive 
a more pointed statement from that. Yeah, it's like your North Star. Yeah, exactly. Second star to the right. Or I guess the North Star is just in the north. It's just the first star. <laughs> <laughs> it's the the north one. So yeah, I mean like if it's if if your goal is the North Star and the anti goal is the other there's a ton of stars in the in the sky. I mean what do you Since this is radio, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remind the listener to look up. Yeah. If it's dark out, and if it's sunny out, don't look at the sun because your your eyes will hurt. Unless your your anti goal is to unless your anti goal is to see things, then it's like I will look stare straight at the sun. No, perhaps your anti goal in this metaphor is never see the stars. Ah, well, hopefully that's not anyone's. Uh, or never stars, look up. Stars or forget are, that the sky is there. Oh boy! Like oh boy! Don't. Hopefully you're not on. Hopefully you're return. not on psychedelics. <laughs> Why are right. you doing this? Oh. Return. Return to the cave. Yeah. No, but sometimes people do forget to, you know, look up and see the sky, and they get stuck in this whole, you know, heads down, typing, work kind of mode. So that, that's what I'm thinking about there. So it sounds like they're like two different modes or ways of coming up with anti-goals where, and like I mentioned previously, the person thought of like, all right, what do I not want to experience? And you list those things out and then come up with goals to ensure that you don't, right? As you mentioned, if uh, tell me the place where I'm going to die so that I don't go there is one way. And then the, I guess the second way of thinking it is the, the inverse which may feel more natural to most folks where you do come up with goals, whether that is a smart goal or a, I don't know, like OKRs, if you will, like if that's a kind of metrics that you want to follow and then you ensure that you come up with anti-goals to, to help you prop up the goals in the first place. Which one do you think would work better for you? Uh, and I'll start with uh, Raymond. In what direction do you think uh, is these anti-goals would work for you? I think I need both of them. I need to know where I'm going, but at the same time, I need to have like some sort of guardrail so I don't do something stupid. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So double combination of both, right? So like you use the goal to create anti-goals that can further refine your goals. Exactly. Awesome. Uh, Dave, do you have any thoughts on uh, what direction, like, would you come up with anti-goals first? I really want to try a session for myself, but I don't know what direction to to start with. Yeah, I, I think it's a good, like, brainstorming tool for, like, articulating what, what the goal might be. You're, like, kind of reinforcing why you're setting the goal, too. Where, like, you know, I think for, for me, like, just a personal goal might be to, like, you know, spend more time outdoors, like getting exercise and stuff like that. Because recently, I I just haven't haven't done it that much. And the anti goal is like, hey, like just staying inside and feeling like crappy and tired. And then like, you know, that leads to a goal of like, oh, like let me do something outside. But like, I don't know, I can't articulate it right now what the goal specifically will be. But I do know that if I just stay inside and I close my blinds, then I'm going to feel sad. <laughs> Don't feel sad, Dave. That's not cool. <laughs> literally, yeah, literally sad. The seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> we'll strike. Well, to be clear, it's always okay to not be okay. But to follow up on that, 
I do feel like the anti-goal reinforces the goal and vice versa, right? Like it's a reminder of what could happen if you don't achieve the goal. Like it's a little... <laughs> the <laughs> darkest little timeline. <laughs> additionally, yes, the darkest timeline. Don't roll a six. I would like to brainstorm around some of these other ideas too, right? Like smart goals. Can I make smart anti-goals? That'd be Smart anti goals. It's the the combination of both, the fusion of two separate kind of brainstorming sessions for goals. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd be curious to hear what would some people's anti goals be, and what they what how it shapes their goals. What direction do you prefer? Because I it's I still think it needs to be a brainstorming session in my head as to how do I use anti-goals for goals and goals for anti-goals. One thing for sure, though, is I do not want to repeat 2020. And I know that 2022 is also 2022. And I don't want that, you know, kind of wordplay to bite <laughs> <As well. laughs> everyone on the planet in the butt. So... I think this time, you know, we, we've written goals. I didn't know about anti-goals in 2020. So in 2020 as well, too, today, I'm going to come up with some anti-goals and see if that makes things a little bit better for myself. And I hope things are a little better for you in this year of 2022. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.